Good morning. Today we're continuing in our series of post-resurrection encounters with Jesus. And I want to pose the question, what is the difference between a post-resurrection encounter after Jesus is resurrected and a pre-resurrection encounter before they saw Jesus die on the cross? Well, I think that the disciples had a limited understanding of Jesus before his resurrection. They had heard his words and they'd seen him do many miracles. However, they were not put through the experience of truly living by faith and not by sight, at least not to the degree that they were now. You see, all they had now were his previous words and the memories of him feeding the 5,000, calming the storm, and all the other miracles that they had witnessed. But now, there was nothing to see. He was dead. It was hopeless. There's nothing like a crisis of faith to either move you towards a deeper understanding of Jesus or to rejection of him. In each of the accounts of the post-resurrection appearances, those who encountered Jesus had that clarity, that light bulb moment, when they were able to put together what they'd heard him say before and now seeing him alive after. It's as if they went from knowing about Jesus to actually knowing him. Now, I know for me that it's been in the times that my faith has grown and my relationship with Christ has gone deeper because I have experienced hardship and disappointment. And it's when things look really hopeless. I'm reminded of the story of Job. You know, God had allowed Satan to destroy everything Job had, his family, his livestock, and then his health just to prove to Satan that Job would remain faithful even in those times. Job had a crisis of faith, and understandably so. After much back and forth with God in his anguish, which by the way, God welcomes, Job comes to a new understanding of who God is. And then Job replied with these verses at the very end of the book. I know that you can do all things. No purpose of yours can be thwarted. You asked, who is this that obscures my plans without knowledge? Surely I spoke of things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me to know. You said, listen now and I will speak. I will question you and you will answer me. And Job comes to this conclusion. My ears had heard you, but now my eyes have seen you. And it's in these post-resurrection encounters that the full realization of the nature of Jesus is understood. Just like for Job, he now has a clear understanding of God's sovereignty. The disciples, they not only knew about him before, but now they knew him with his divinity. They, like Job, understood that Jesus could do all things and that nothing was beyond him. That's a truth that we all can cling to right now in this present and uncertain times, things that sometimes are disappointing and seem hopeless. We can cling to the fact that God is sovereign. Now, since it's Mother's Day, today the encounters we're looking at are the women who encountered Jesus through the empty tomb. Here's a picture of what that may have looked like. 
the resurrection narratives in the four Gospels, they differ in detail, but in all of them, it's the women who become the first witnesses. In John, Mary Magdalene comes to the tomb alone. In Mark, she's accompanied by Mary, the mother of James, thought to be Jesus' mother, and by Salome. Luke's account has Joanna joining them as well. Now, I think it's important to acknowledge that it is the women who were the first to the, be the witnesses to the resurrection because it points to a larger theological truth. The women being the first to be commissioned to take the news of Jesus' resurrection is completely counter to that culture. N.T. Wright, one of my favorite authors and prominent New Testament uh, scholar, said it this way, and I quote, the first person to be commissioned to take the news of the resurrection of Jesus to the others is Mary Magdalene. Now that is so counterintuitive in an ancient world, in an ancient Jewish world, and in an ancient pagan world. And this is God choosing what is weak to shame the strong. And it seems to me that in the resurrection, there is a radical re-evaluation of the role of women. End quote. Well, let's look at these verses in Luke chapter 24. Verse 1 starts with, On the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the women took the spices to be prepared and went to the tomb. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. So the women had gone to the tomb to apply these spices to Jesus' body. What I am amazed at is that even though they had lost all hope in Jesus, they still wanted to care for him. They could have run scared like the men, or they could have decided that spending more energy on a lost cause, it just wasn't worth their time. But they came even in their confusion and discouragement. Their teacher and friend, renowned for his wisdom and compassionate healing, was executed as a criminal right before their eyes. They had hoped that he would bring the kingdom of God to earth, but now he was dead. That was impossible. This is a reminder to me that even when my expectations of Jesus are not met, when my prayers seem to be going unanswered, that I need to continue to turn to him and follow him. Think of what these women would have missed out on had they decided it just wasn't worth their time anymore to come and follow Jesus. What they found, though, when they came to that tomb was worse than they even expected because not only was Jesus dead, but his body had been taken. They, could even, they couldn't even give him a proper burial now. Verse 4 goes on to say, while they were wondering about this, wondering why this tomb was empty and what happened, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. As the women were wondering what happened to Jesus' body, Luke's gospel says that these two angels appeared and asked what I think is one of the most profound questions. Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here. You see, they were then reminded by these angels of all of Jesus' words earlier, explaining why he came and what was going to happen to him. 
Perhaps these women had not understood when Jesus was saying these things, but now, now hearing the angels, all of a sudden there's clarity in what had happened. How many times have you been confused about something going on in your life, but then looking back, you can see God at work. This empty tomb, instead of a sign now of hopelessness, was a sign of eternal hope. One commentator said, the stone was rolled away not to let Jesus out, but to let the witnesses in. He wanted them to see for themselves that he was not among the dead. Verse nine goes on to say that when they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11 and to all the others. So the women went to tell what they had seen, but they were not believed. As a matter of fact, verse 11 says that the men thought their words were like nonsense. This could be because in this culture, they were not even to be witnesses in a court of law. Women had no credibility at all. Another reference to how Jesus turned the cultural norm upside down. Now it seems that Peter is intrigued by their words because he goes to see for himself, but he still isn't sure what happened. He still doesn't believe them. As I think about these women, I think about myself. And I think about, am I as committed as they were to following Jesus, even when things looked hopeless? We are living in confusing and sometimes seemingly hopeless times. The tomb seems empty. How many times do we look at what humanly would signify hopelessness and failure as the women did initially, however, realizing that the reality actually signifies hope and victory. I have to remind myself that what I see is not reality. And as I was preparing this message, I realized that I too look for living, for the living among the dead. I look for what I think is life-giving in dead places. It can be entertainment or a relationship or a job or anything that this world has to offer. However, it is only Jesus who can give real life. I, like you, have good days and some not so good days right now. I have to be intentional about encountering Jesus, about moving towards him, or my focus is only on what I can see, which usually produces fear and not on the reality of what I can't see, but what I know to be true, which results in hope. Would you please pray with me? We thank you that we can encounter you personally each and every day. We pray that in these sometimes confusing and discouraging times that we will believe that no plan of yours can be thwarted. You are sovereign. God, keep us from looking for what seems what would be life-giving in dead places. You are the resurrection and the life. May we live into that truth today and always. 
In your name we pray. Amen.